Dear Founder, as you know, there's no blueprint for entrepreneurship. You wear so many hats, you burn the midnight oil, you pour your heart and soul into everything that you do. But without a doubt, the journey is worth every single second that you put into it. I'm Lindsay Pinchuk, host of the Dear Founder podcast. I say this because I've lived it for over a decade. I started my first company with $500 in my pocket and a baby in my belly. I grew it and I sold it all. This podcast is my weekly letter to you. We'll talk all things starting, growing, nurturing, and in some cases, even selling a business. Together with some of my closest contacts, I'm here to help you find your own success, whatever that means to you. The ride as a founder is the ride of your life. So come on in and join me for another episode that will get you one step closer to reaching your own founder goals. Welcome back to another episode of Dear Founder. I'm Lindsay Pinchuk, your host, and I am so excited for you to meet today's guests. Kelly Lentini and Berkeley Meankorst were an absolute pleasure to talk to. They are the epitome of female founders who hustle. I love their story because they started it as a conversation. They started their business as a conversation. It was a dream. It was something that they talked about. Then they started small. They started it as a side hustle, and then they built upon each experience, as you will hear them outline in today's conversation. And today, they have a business that is actually two businesses in one. House of Nomad is a full design service entity, but it is also a store, both an online and in-person retailer for the most amazing housewares. If today's conversation inspires you, I want you to share it with a friend or share it on social media. Tag me. I'll absolutely come say hi. And you should absolutely tag House of Nomad as well. Make sure that you leave us a review on Apple or subscribe to the show because all of these conversations that we have, like the one you're about to hear, they are so amazing and so important for as many people as possible to hear them. And when you do little things like rate or review the show or share it with a friend, that helps us to get discovered and it helps us to spread the knowledge and the wisdom that we share here each and every week. It also helps our community to grow and most important, it helps me to spread my mission, which is to support as many female founders and entrepreneurs as we possibly can through Dear Founder. I cannot thank you enough for being here and for listening. I know you have so many choices when it comes to your podcasts. So today's guests, Kelly Lentini and Berkeley Meankorst, they met in 2016 when Kelly was working at Restoration Hardware. They soon became inseparable over their bond of travel and design, and they've embarked on numerous trips in various parts of the world to Thailand and Bali and Africa, Peru, Morocco. And they've formed relationships with local artisans in many of these regions. With every single trip together, they've discovered one-of-a-kind textiles, baskets, pillows, throws, rugs, and other really unique finds to to the various cultures that they're visiting. It quickly became their mission to help continue the craft of these artisans and to learn about the items that are really special to them. House of Nomad is their business. It's their company. It's a full-service interior design firm and homewares brand that both Kelly and Berkeley founded together on the notion that travel fosters the best creativity. They continue to expand their offerings and branch out to numerous locations. This fall, they opened their headquarters in Hazel South Park, Charlotte, 
And they also have a brand new full service design center at their Charleston shop location. Their story is incredible. And the two of them are electrifying. You're going to love them. So please come on in and meet Kelly Lentini and Berkeley Minkhorst, co-founders of House of Nomad. All right. Welcome back to another episode of Dear Founder. I'm very excited about today's guests as in plural, because not only do they have an incredible service-based business, but they have an incredible product-based business as well. So please welcome to the podcast, Berkeley Maincourst and Kelly Lentini, who are the co-founders and principal designers of House of Nomad. Hi, Lindsay. How are you? We're good. I'm so glad that you guys are here. We're so glad to be here. We're really excited to chat with you. You guys have an amazing business and you have impeccable taste. I, as soon as your publicist put you on my radar, I started following you and looking in your shop and what should I buy? And what can I buy? Buy everything. But I am like the worst when it comes to design and decor. So, I mean, I have had help all over the place. So, and I was so nervous getting on here today because it's a mess behind me. And I was like, oh, no, no. I was, Burke and I, we were looking, we're like, we love a black and white combo. And then the mirror, I'm seeing that, that little mirror behind you is looking, it's really good. (laughs) No, seriously. I'm glad that I, I'm glad that it's approved. I was a little nervous. I I was, I was a little nervous. So kick us off today and tell us the story of how did House of Nomad get started? What is it? Where are you guys today? Yeah, I'll start with what, where I kind of want to start with like who we are now, and then we can kind of tell our story, like how we met. Cause it's, it's much easier. I think it's, um, Burke and I, when we started the company, we started as an interior design firm. Um, it was just the two of us and, um, you know, we wanted to make sure we were started as a service-based business. We're starting out. You don't have, it was just the two of us and not a ton of money in the pockets at the time. That's so what sure. can we do to, to start building, building that? And so, um, fast forward, you know, we, grew the interior design side. We started traveling, um, sourcing different things around the world, um, started two retail stores. And we still, of course, our main part of the business though is interior design, is full service design. And we offer some styling through the shops as well. Um, but that's kind of that's kind of who we are now. Um, but we met five years ago. No, six, almost six years ago. Six, yeah. We met six years ago. Yeah. It so the the longer winded answer <laughs> is, and I will try to not like get into all the gritty detail of it, but it it kind of all started with I was renovating my home at the time and going through personal soul searching. Kel meanwhile was doing the same around what we really wanted to do at that rate, we had probably had, we were like 10 years into different career paths. I was on the marketing advertising side. She had a design side. um, And I was still feeling very creatively stifled. And I was really enjoying the side of renovating my home. And I mean, it's not like I was swinging hammers around, but I loved, I loved (laughs) picking all the tile, picking the countertops, bringing it all together. Yeah. Stumbled into restoration hardware 
uh, to purchase a sofa at the time. And lo and behold, Kel was our <laughs> working the late shift. If yeah. You will. <laughs> yeah. She was, she was on staff at the time and on one of the designers there and new to Charlotte and new to the community. And we hit it off like in this very bizarre, crazy, one of those moments where it's like, you'll look back on your life and you're like, that was a big turning point. Like a, like a, uh, you know, like aha uh-huh moment. Yeah. And, and, and so she was, you know, they had moved to Charlotte. They were looking for some new friends, her and, and, and her husband. And then my husband and I, we all ended up going and getting dinner together, had all these crazy things in overlapping. Common. Like, like he, my husband had lived in Shanghai for a little bit. They had lived in Shanghai for a long bit. Kelly and I studied abroad at the same place at the same time at the same school. Had no oh my idea. God. I had no idea. At, we were in Florence at Lorenzo de Medici. It, it was like we were like destined to, to destined meet. Destined to meet. Do you we want to know what? That's so funny that you say that. One of my best friends here in Chicago, that our families are best friends, we both were in London, not on the same program, but definitely in the same circles at the same time abroad. And we, t- and this was you know, this was before like social media and this was before anyone even had a smart device. And so, you know, we talk about all the time, like we were probably at the same place at the same time, like, cause we knew all the same people and we just didn't know each other. Oh yeah. About it. And I remember when I first, when they came in and we just, you know, kind of started talking about travel and my husband and I had just gotten back from a trip to South Africa. Um, when we were living in Shanghai, a lot of our friends, there were South African and my husband worked with a lot of them. So anyway, we went to go visit them. There was a wedding. Burke and Deke were about to go on their first trip to South Africa. And Burke is obsessed, obsessed <laughs> and, and was so, so excited. And, and I remember thinking to myself, like, here I am in Charlotte, no matter where you are in the world, all of a sudden, if you're like having this conversation about like, okay, Shanghai, South Africa, I'm like, these are my people. And I need to make sure that I knew my husband would love them, you know? And I was like, these are, these are the type of people like I, I could talk to forever. And honestly, we, we had met, we had dinner and it was like, I remember we were like 29 at the 29 at the time, but time Burke and I were 30 house and men had started. We had a first couple clients, like it was within six months. So what was the catalyst moment of you guys? after this dinner or whenever it was saying we should start a business together. How, so like, how does that we, happen? We had dinner together. We realized we were also conveniently neighbors. So like Kel would get off work. She'd come over. We'd have wine. Like, you know, like we just mm-hmm. got, and, and then, and then some of the, the talking about these big dreams and like wants for yourself. And again, like I said, like we were both kind of going not at the time didn't know, like going through the soul searching, like, where are we really wanting to go? Um, and we both started sharing, you know, just some of these feelings and we were like, we should start a business and, <laughs> and it sounds crazy to jump it's- from one thing to the next, but it, I kind of always knew I wanted to do something like my, my dad's an entrepreneur. Like, I just feel like you just kind of have it in your blood. And Kel was like one of the biggest go-getters I've ever met. Like it's in her blood. and. Um, we were like, how cool to start a business around travel. It was like all of our conversations always came back to travel and how it's like, you're just exposed to all these unique experiences, like these unique 
things that you wouldn't see otherwise day to day. Um, and, and we were like, well, how, how do we do that? And what does that look like? Yeah. And basically with Kel's experience and my experience combined, it was like, let's start this as service-based. Yeah. Let's see how it goes. Kel's like, you've got a great eye. You're so creative. I have no doubt you can handle this. I can, I can bring to the table, you know, billing process, like a lot of the the fundamentals of the business. And then it's like, I could bring to the table, a lot of the marketing aspects and advertising Mm -hmm. aspects. And we're like, let's just see how it goes. No one's quitting their jobs. Right. This is really to get, we were lacking fulfillment and this was to bring us fulfillment. And what's the goal of like us being able to lose, like leave our full-time jobs and be able to do it. And I don't think we realized how quick. Yeah. That <laughs> that was- so let's talk about that. When you guys first started the business, what was the business? Like, what were you selling when, when you first started the business? Interior and design services. Just interior design services. And, and we weren't really saying, you know, necessarily going out and renovations and stuff like that. We were like, do you need furniture, paint, lettuce, you know, lighting, etc. Like, let's start with furnishings really. And, and then when did the, the kind of like travel piece come in? Because I like, and I want to explain, we're not talking to the listeners. We're not talking about like, like Burke and Kelly don't do like travel, but they source from all over the world. And that's where the travel component comes correct. in. So the travel component started with like, you know, so we're based in the Southeast. We are traditionally very traditional here, aesthetically in the South. So it started with as an interior design brand company, whatever you want to call it, we're bringing aesthetically something different to the table. It's more modern. It's very layered. It's got a lot of nods to global Mm -hmm. things that we've been exposed to or that our clients may have been exposed to. So we really wanted to have, you know, stylistically that idea of it setting us apart with the goal of eventually being able to pack our bags, source really cool things for clients and bring them back to them as like an added bonus of working with us. Correct. Do you think, and this is just an aside because I I wanted to, I want to, you just said something that made me think of this. Do you think also, I know you said Charlotte is very traditional in, in like historically in terms of the decor design, but Charlotte in the last 10 to 12 years has become a very transient city and Correct. more and more people are moving there from Correct. all over. I, I know so many people from Chicago, Atlanta, New York, the California, East Coast, yeah, we're who have moved to Charlotte. And so I think that also the shifts, it, it shifts kind of what is needed in Charlotte. And I would guess that the timing was right for you guys to start this because it probably aligned with a lot of this migratory, migratory, you know, shift into Charlotte. Yeah. And it's honestly why I think one of the big components, why we've been so successful, like I would venture to say that probably 60 to 70% of our clientele are people that are not from the South. Um, you know, th- there's plenty of Southern people of course. That, that love this. You provide something oh, different for the people who are there. Amazing. Right. But we've got the amount of people that reach out to us from California up North. They're like, we're moving to Charlotte. We love your aesthetic. It's, and it's, it's what they've been exposed to already to some extent. Um, so it, it's really lended ourselves to it, it just that uh, kind of like what you were talking about with your business. Like it just, it just sort of took off at that rate. 
It's December, and you know what that means. The holidays are here. And like always, dear Founder and Lindsay Pinchuk, we are here to support you in all of your gift-giving needs. Please make sure you head over to lindsaypinchuk.com for our giant female-founded holiday gift guide. And this year is a little bit different. Almost every single gift, 75 of them, are under $100. You're also going to want to make sure you enter to win an American Express gift card worth $250 to help you with all of your shopping needs this season. Happy holidays, everyone. So when you started, you started providing services to people mm-hmm. in interior design. Now, yeah. how, like, how did you how did you tell people that you were doing this? Who were your first customers? Where did you know? <laughs> My next door neighbor was our first client. He was also our dentist. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, when, when they say to like, you know, use your network, like look around, like it's amazing once you start talking about it, once we, I think we even had like our little yard signs that we made and we put them in our own yards. It was like, oh, I heard you girls are, you started into your design business. That's really cool. Like, could you help, could you help my wife and I? Could you help me? Could and it was just a couple people at first, friends it was and like friends, it was our our network, yeah, and like just yeah, word of mouth. Because at that rate, like it's not like we had a huge social media presence or a huge website presence. Like Mm-mm. the the one thing I'll say that that really, in my like when I look back and I think about like things that were really fortunate for us or you know things that took off was our first client project. Um, and again, mind you, we're doing this all after hours and on the weekends. Correct. Because we still, we wanted to make Lunch sure breaks. it was like a very calculated <laughs> risk. Yeah. Um, our The first project we ever did, which was my, my next door neighbor that was moving, uh, the project was picked up. We I, I was very like, and Kelly too, like, because she's got a very just like natural marketing brain as well. It was like, our first investment will be in in portfolio professional photography. Absolutely. So those photographs ended up getting picked up by HGTV online. Let's talk about that in one second. But I want to ask you something else that you said that I think is really interesting and really important. You mentioned yard signs. (laughs) So no, but I, this, I, this goes back to everything I believe in, which is grassroots marketing. Yes. The fact that you should not discount it. Because my guess is you had signs made and you put them in the yards of people who were using your services and Correct. your own. And we still and, do. And you still do. And th- and I want to say that is so smart and so important because that is how people find you in your community. They're driving by these houses every day. Absolutely. They see the sign. And right. And you probably get calls from that. Correct. All right. We saw your sign. My neighbor. Oh, we saw that. And we were driving by. And it's maybe not even the funny thing is sometimes we'll just get a message from a friend. I saw the Hun van. You know, as we grew, we have our own, you know, amazing install team and and, you know, saw saw the Hun van. I mean, everything is an opportunity to, to put the name out there. And, and when it comes to the yard signs, the only cost that it costs you is the cost of the sign. That's right. right. And we started with the cheapos. Now we have a much more beautiful <laughs> sign to be proud of. I feel like we started with the, we still made them, you know, black and white, you know, they were on brand. Um, but, you know, we started with just the basic one just to get going. 
But and that's important to note, too. You started, you got going and you leveraged and you grew. And that is it's so important. And it's you know, I always tell people, don't discount those grassroots opportunities, even when you're as big as you guys are now. You're saying you're still putting the the signs out there and you're still we get upset if there hasn't been. Burke and I are like, well, what about the yard sign? I mean, it's like part of our design meeting. You, I don't care how big you are. It's like, you just, you never know how things are going to go. Plus it's like, we, we started free marketing. Yes, exactly. We started the company, not as, you know, mean course and Lentini, our last names, interior design. Like we did very intentionally start the company as a brand um, and that's what we've, I, in, in my opinion, mm-hmm. one of the things that we've, we've really, really held on to and been consistent with is like, it all comes back to the brand and, and, and putting, putting that presence out there. And, and then suddenly, and, and, and people love the name, which we, we really love too, <laughs> thankfully. Well, um, and the name really speaks to what you guys do. I mean, you're bringing the global aesthetic into the home and it's, I mean, what you've done is genius. And I'm guessing when you did it originally, you probably didn't realize it was going to pan out like this. Is that a truth or? I think like we're both like very positive, like motivated people. I, I, I can honestly say I never thought it would get to this level. No, but I knew like once Burke and I made that call to quit our jobs and do this full time. I knew there was no going back. Yeah. There was we no work. Go- we knew it would work. I just, I, I knew it and, and, and we could feel the energy. Let's so. talk about that moment. What was it that ha- what happened that allowed you to say, okay, we can quit our corporate jobs and turn the side hustle into a full-time gig. Like, where were you financially? What was going on in your business? Because I think with many female founders and entrepreneurs, men too, but I mean, we're specifically talking about female founders, that it is a really hard jump to make. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, you, it's, you're taking a risk and I took that risk too twice. So (laughs) it's, it's scary no matter how you look at it, because it's like you're, I think, especially in our business, it's, there's such waves of, of revenue and, and things like that, you know, like, it's not like you're consistently always having the same thing all the time. And I think how we got there was truly just the, the, the response to what we were doing. It Mm -hmm. was like, once that first project was picked up, Correct. Once we had a few more projects under our belt and we started getting, you know, some some PR coverage for them just through some local publications, our Instagram sort of started taking off. It was like we we felt like we had the confidence and which quite honestly, we, we had it there to and begin enough with. work to do. I but think yeah, that was we, it too. We like enough hype to line. keep us busy. And like I remember you, you probably couldn't keep up with the work if you were doing full-time. your full time job. How I got to. It was like we it was can't like do both. We can't. Like right. Kel quit her job probably two months before me, at least. Yeah. I remember I was, I, I always go away for like my birthday slash our wedding anniversary every year. And I was going, my husband and I we were going to Italy. And I just remember that moment. And we've all probably been there where you're like, I can't come back. Like after this fabulous trip, I cannot come back to this job where I'm just clock, literally clocking in and clocking out. And, and I just, I just can't. 
And I remember being like, Burke, I think like I'm going to put in my notice before I leave, take my two weeks paid vacation or whatever vacation day. I'm sure I did not get two weeks. I'm sure I got four days paid vacation and I'm going to let's like, I'm, I'm ready to go, you know? And Burke was like, yeah, I mean, okay. Like we're doing, we're doing this. And, you know, I, I do remember talking to my husband, talking to my mom. I mean, of course, Burke talked to her family, her husband, and everyone was so supportive. And my mom was like, you know, if not now, when, and honestly, what's the worst that could happen? She was like, they would take not to, but you know, they would take you back at worst case scenario. You have to go back or you find another, she's like, Kelly, you'll, you'll always, you know, you'll land on your feet. Like, so you probably don't know this, but I say everywhere and in every interview, because that was my litmus test too, especially when I left the first time was I asked myself, what's the worst that would happen? The worst that happens is the business fails and I go back and get a job. Someone will take me. Yeah. Yes. And, and everyone has applicable experience. I'm so glad that you said that. Correct. And it's still scary, but it's worth it. It's so worth it. And I'm so glad that you said that because, you know, it's one thing like I say it all the time, but I love when my guests say it too, because it is proof that like you have to take the calculated risk and you have oh, to yeah. know when to take it. But you can always go back. There's nothing is forever. Nothing's permanent. And if you need to make an adjustment, you will. Yeah. Like I'll say if I was 22 at the time and I decided to do this, like I think it would have been a very different outcome. <laughs> you know, we had enough. I don't know why that made me. I'm just like thinking of us at 22. Oh, God. <laughs> us. But it's like we had enough confidence and where we were heading. We had enough confidence in what we were doing, but also we had enough real life experience. Exactly. And the work ethic was that it was like, we knew this was not going to be easy. We knew it was going to take a lot, but so we Burke, also knew it would work. Burke, you talked a little bit about, um, and I cut you off because I wanted to finish oh. what we were thinking of before what we were, I wanted to finish before what we were discussing, but you mentioned HGTV and how your first project got picked up because of you guys made the investment back into the project by getting portfolio yeah. pictures. So talk a little bit about how that happened and how that transformed your business. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I was, I'm trying to remember exactly how it happened, but I think, you know, we, we had gotten to, a, like, to this day, we've never taken any outside funding, period. It's all been funded directly by Kelly and I, which is something we're very, very proud of. And you should be. Congratulations. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. And just reinvest, reinvest, and, you know, hope for the best. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we we oh. knew the first big, at that point, we weren't paying our, you know what I mean? We were just constantly reinvesting into the business because we both had full-time jobs on the side. Yes. Right. Again, very calculated. We we said that the first big investment we're going to take outside of this LLC, which was like three hundred dollars a piece, <laughs> was was we will invest in a professional photographer, and then we will pitch all of the images to publications and hope for the best. Correct. And so prior to that, you know, with my advertising background, obviously Kel's wherewithal, like we came up with a list of who we wanted to send it to, and. Lo and behold, just because aesthetically it was something a little different, mm -hmm. it, it got picked up. And, and so, and, and I remember the other thing, you know, so we wanted the photography, we wanted this website that was clean, easy to navigate. Um, we had our logo developed, like all of that was sort of those like main things that we were focused on while we still were in our full-time job. So Burke used her network again through the marketing to work with 
who's someone still a dear friend of ours, Andrea, helped us develop this website. I, I don't even know how we paid her at the time. It might've been with wine um, <laughs> and, you know, and, and just in good times. I mean, we were, we were all close friends, you yeah. know, we still are. And, and um, you know, we got this website and I remember go, you know, put using these other outlets, like, okay, we need to have Instagram. We need to have hows, like how else are people finding us? And we were putting very strategic, putting our projects on hows, um, I don't know if we were house pro at the time, but I know we did make that investment a little bit later yeah, on. Right, yeah. um, and those pictures, images just started getting reshared, reshared, reshared. And it quickly, it, it just quickly kind of it, it's It's like everyone says, like you, you fake it till you make it. Right. And, and so, you know, we went into this knowing very firmly, like we were not going to be some, some silly WordPress website that just didn't look professional. We really wanted to put something out. If we're going to both quit our full-time jobs, it, it better yes. look good. You know? <laughs> well, but I, but I think that it's just really important to reiterate the fact that you made this decision to reinvest back into the business and awesome. that reinvestment initially, the one that you made with the professional photo- photographs yep. paid off probably 10 to 20 times. Oh, Without a doubt. And and with those professional photos, we were then able to place strategic ads locally. All of a sudden, you opened, you know, our one of the good great publications here. We have Charlotte Home Design Decor, we have QC Exclusive, South Park magazine. We aligned ourselves and said, okay, we can may only be able to do like one ad or two ads for the year, but let's let's put it out there. With all the other designers that we admire and look up to and all of that, but like we're legitimate and we really want to get in to this market. And when that happened, I think that was our next big moment because all of a sudden people were noticing, okay, House of Nomad, like they're, they're, they're serious. Like these girls, yeah, like we're not, it, we're not dabbling. What's well, the word you said, like <laughs> legitimate, like it, it legitimized the business. It was like, yeah, we're not just doing this for fun. Like, like there's a brand, like we've, you can clearly see that we've, we've invested a lot of time and effort to put ourselves out there to, to provide this unique experience mm-hmm. and, and different sort of aesthetic to, to those out there that, that want it. So one of the things that I love about your business is that it is a brand, is that it is not just, to your point earlier, your names and be your service. And what you've done with this brand and is really an example of what everyone should do with a brand. You have created extensions. You have capitalized on the branding and you're not just services. You also have a shop. And that is a very big undertaking. Oh yeah. Woo. <laughs> Boy, do we have stories for you. <laughs> when, when did you make the decision? And I'm guessing you yeah. made the decision to open a shop because you wanted to sell the products that you were putting in people's homes versus Correct. buying them from somewhere else, which is so smart. But when did you make the decision to take that on as a brand extension, which is a natural brand extension, but it is a big one? Yeah. Just to backtrack, we when I think when Burke and I decided, okay, we had our small nest egg and we said, I remember we were in, we went to the Atlanta market and it was a gloomy 
horrible day and we were like, we needed a pick me up. Like we needed something to kind of recharge our batteries. We had probably been in business house and nomad. We're both, you know, full time, maybe six months to eight months. You know, we're feeling it. We were like, let's book. We're going to book our trip. We're going to go to Mexico. We're going to go to Sayulita. We're going to source some of these things. We had an idea of what we were, some textiles, things that we could pack easily. And I think we set ourselves a budget of like maybe a thousand dollars, which was a lot, you know, and we were very nervous and, and we, we come back, we did a pop-up and that pop-up people were pulling things out of our suitcases what is this? What is that? How much is this? We had all hand print, you know, these little labels <laughs> that we stamped like and, and the inventory system, oh, strange inventory system. And, and, and we sold out pretty much. And we had a couple things left over and we kind of looked at each other. We were like, okay, yeah, we're onto something. We weren't sure if Charlotte was ready for that, but they were. But yeah. what I admire so much about you guys holistically, because it wasn't just with this, it was with your whole business is the approach that you take of let's proving the concept. You know, you did that when you launched your services and clearly you did that when you launched your store. And I think that that is smart. I think it's a really important example to share with founders and entrepreneurs because so many people do jump in with both feet, both hands and their head and like they're all in. And before they even take a minute to prove that people want it. And Correct. you did that. You proved that people wanted it. And actually now anyone anywhere can get it. You don't have to be in Charlotte going to a pop-up. It's all online. It's all online. And so quickly, I mean, fast forward, fast forward. Our next very calculated risk was we're going to get our studio and the front part of our studio, maybe 700 square feet of it, would be a retail concept. The back would still be full service design. Let's see how that goes. So we found like the cutest little bungalow and we we went into it knowing that. But again, to your point, it was like, it was, it, it, it was not so, it, at that rate, we felt very comfortable with the rent. We felt very comfortable with, you know, the, the money the design was bringing mm-hmm. in. We felt, you know, I'd say the biggest risk we took on at that point was inventory. Right. Yeah. Um, but but the, if it didn't work out, it's like then we just move the rest of our employees to the front of the room. You know what I mean? It was right. the smallest little space. And the inventory, we knew we have two outlets. We have our design clients and then we have retail shoppers, which we hoped would, you know, get excited. And they did. Again, they came in. I remember the opening. We had there a was tight a line, line out the door. And we couldn't believe it. We were like, in it was the coolest shock. It, we were in complete shock. And everyone was like, oh my gosh, this is like what's in, Cal-. you know, I remember some of the people who were, again, not from Charlotte, like, okay, I was in Malibu. I swear I saw, I mean, and on and on and on. And we were just like, you know, just so excited and, and stuff that people hadn't seen before. And from there, you know, I, hopefully we don't, you know, have to talk too much about the pandemic, but like we were open for two months and then it was COVID. So we did, that is where the online store, the pivot was real. It was quick. It was all hands on deck. And we went from every Etsy shop. Exactly. Exactly. Went from Etsy shop to having the, again, the professional photographer come get 
photographs of everything. All this stuff is one but of my guess is, is that pivot proved that you should have an online shop and it's probably created a far bigger revenue stream for you <laughs> than you ever thought possible. Well, and, and the exposure, you know, yes. I think up until that point, like we had, we had, we've had a great Instagram account from the beginning. I'll say I'm super proud of it. Um, and a great team behind it, but like we, we were primarily still, you know, if you looked at the demographic Southeast focus, now we still had plenty of followers from other places, but like, Mm -hmm. then that really grew based off of getting everything online. Today's episode is brought to you by Hivecast, an amazing agency providing high quality podcast production made simple and affordable. I hit the jackpot when I came across Hivecast as I pieced together services from contractors all over the web initially to help me with my podcast. Hivecast was everything that I needed all in one place. For just $500 per month, they not only produce and edit four episodes, but they also create the marketing assets. Emma, my account manager, is amazing, making sure that I'm on task and that we can schedule episodes regularly and by my deadlines. Honestly, the time saved working with Hivecast is worth at least triple what I'm paying. Their sister company, Fireside, offers other marketing services for small businesses, including social media management, Facebook and Instagram ads, search engine marketing, and so much more. Again, all at a rate palatable by a small business owner. The best part, there's no contract. You can purchase their services as needed on a monthly basis. Use the code FOUNDHER and save 50% off your first month of services. Give them a try. The decision to outsource this part of my business has surely saved me a ton in the long run, and it was the best decision I've made for my business. So you just mentioned your team. You guys started this, the two of you. I know it's not just the two of you anymore, but talk to me a little bit about your team. Who's on it? How many people? What do they do? Gosh, so it started Burke and I, our first, you know, we knew we kind of, our first hire, we were like, we need, you know, a design assistant. You know, it kind of started with that. But then quickly we were like, we need marketing help because like that was probably one of the more interesting things, someone, a dear friend who, who she interviewed us. Um, she's an amazing writer. Um, she actually applied and she ended up helping us tremendously with the social media, like with social media, with, you know, getting, you know, the ads going and put, you know, pitching all these projects. So I, that was one thing. I don't know how many design firms like have a marketing department, but now we have, and she was part-time, but now we have like a full-time marketing department. Um, there's 18 of us total right now um, between Charlotte and Charleston. Um, we have recently um, promoted one of our amazing team members to COO, um, knowing that Burke and I really needed just a, this right-hand person to help us strategically run all these facets. So the online design retail brick and mortar, and really keeping that like overall picture of the business. Yeah. I I think that's sort of like, we're, we're in a really healthy place from we've done a lot really quickly, like things have taken off and we kind of, it's like, you're just constantly problem solving along the way, which is, is really fun and, and sometimes very stressful and intense because like, <laughs> as you scale the team, it's just, it's just hard. It's hard to manage. It's hard to let right. go of things. Yes. It's hard to put processes in place. Um, 
we've, we've learned a ton. And I think we've finally gotten to a place where we've got a team that is able to somewhat run independently of us at times to be able to, to know how and what and why to do things. And then this big, uh, the promotion that we gave to our COO is just, it's like, you know, you, you know, your strengths and your weaknesses through all of this and you hire accordingly. And Kelly and I are very strategic and big picture, but we're also like working on all these different facets of the business. So and to have that someone, creativity, like, yes, yeah, like having, have to you know, creative. spending more time too on the things that are better use of our time. So having someone that can really help us think big picture and strategically has been a huge, just like aha moment of like, definitely. Okay. This makes sense. Where is your business? And you don't have to give me a uh, exact answer, but maybe a ballpark. Where is your business in terms of revenue today? We are anticipating revenue. So, you know, started out with a couple hundred thousand type here and there. And now we are, I think we're, well, we're probably going to do 5 million this yeah. year. You guys, <laughs> that's amazing. That's amazing. And I'm, yeah. I'm sure people don't ask you that every day. No, and, and I had to, I had to actually, uh, but really part of why I wanted to ask you that was, was <laughs> so that you could say it out loud and yeah. hear and hear it because it's, yeah. that's a really big fucking accomplishment. I'm sorry. Like you Thank should be you really so proud of yourself, like really, really, really proud of yourselves. And I have two more questions to ask you. The first is think back to those girls studying abroad in Italy. What would you tell them now? Oh gosh. Oh, I know. It's a very <laughs> sweet question. Oh my gosh. I, I just, it's like you stay open-minded. Yeah. It's like, I, I think, you know, one of Kelly and, and my, we're both very similar. And I think what we're both really good at is being open-minded and open to opportunities um, and just that creative thinking that comes with it. And, you know, just and I think I tell her for it. Yeah. And I think I tell her to like, I know it sounds cheesy, like to, to not give up, but, um, there for some reason, and I don't think it's just, just Burke and I, but like our twenties are so hard. People go, Oh, it's fun. It's fabulous. No, I thought it was really rough rough. and Mm -hmm. you're questioning everything. What am I going to do with my life? Like, what is my purpose? All of this. And I remember just like when I first moved back home, just feeling so lost. And like, it was, you felt sad. You're like, this isn't what I'm supposed like what I need, like, what do I need to be doing? What do I need to be doing? And just trusting that you, the right things, like if you stay open, like Burke is saying the right people, the right opportunities, they can come to you, but you can't close yourself off. You can't get woe is me feeling sad about yeah. this and that and feeling negative. You, you have to stay positive. And that positivity, I think, and that hopefulness is what brought Burke and Deke into my life and, you know, yeah. changed everything. I was asked an interesting question of like, who would you consider a mentor? And I was like, that's that's so interesting because I don't. I don't necessarily have a personal intern. It's like my intern or my intern, my mentor (laughs) is like Kelly. It's my husband. It's my friends. It's my family. It's like, I've got to talk about things and it's like, you put it out there. And, and it's like, I think the more you're open to putting yourself out there and the more you're able to talk through things, it's just like the easier everything becomes. 
and, and everyone's learning through experience. Yeah. I love that answer. And then my last question for you is for other female founders who are out there, what are three actionable tips that you would give them as they're starting their business? The, the, the first thing that for me comes to mind is the, the finance part and not being afraid of it. But if you need a a second set of eyes, which started as my mom and Burke's husband, (laughs) just let them, it's, it's sometimes it's a group effort, right. And, and not to, not to be afraid of it, like use it as your tool, as your knowledge to keep building and start doing those projections as early as you can, because then you can start making those calculated risks and, and kind of seeing, okay, how can I grow this year and setting those goals that have that finance behind it. It's like knowing, okay, so my goal is to get a new website. Well, how much does that cost? It it, it really changes everything. And then from that, like you would, we've, I think uh, it's been over a year, probably now almost two years, we hired a fractional CFO, which has been immensely helpful immensely helpful. I mean, neither one of, we're both very creative. Kelly's way better at the financial side than I am admittedly, but like we, we, you reach a point where you need that help. And again, you're it's like speaking my language. I mean, I did that and it changed my whole business. Oh my God. Um, but I'd say like the, the second thing, which kind of goes hand in hand with what Cal was saying is, is, is planning, you know, you, you, this stuff takes planning. Like you can't, you know, we, mm-hmm. we didn't wake up one day and be like, and now we're going to do this. Yeah. You know, I, I think our, our team would say otherwise because <laughs> we're like, today we are going to work on a fabric and wallpaper line. And they're like, what? <laughs> um, but, 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 but we had that plan yeah. ladies, and that was part of our goal. Yeah. We're really good at planning and trying to, to set that up. Mm-hmm. And I think when you're starting the business, it's just so, so, so important to, think through your business plan and, and, and share it with the people that, that you feel like makes sense to share it with, to get input on. Yeah. Um, and the third thing, I mean, I, I think it's just like, it kind of goes with the open-mindedness thing, but it's, it's, it's staying positive. Like if you can't keep a good attitude through it, starting a business is, is so hard. Um, it's not for everyone. No service-based industry like we're in is, is not easy, you know, like, and, and I think it's just, you, you've got to stay positive. You've got to have that support system. We're so fortunate we have each other because like, I mean, I don't know if I've individually gotten <laughs> no. through it on my own. We say that all the time. So um, finding that person. And maybe that's why Burke and I don't essentially say we have a mentor because we do have each other. But if you mm-hmm. are a solo entrepreneur, you need to find that person. I really believe that who can support you through the tough times, who can encourage you, who can poke holes through some things, because sometimes your first idea isn't the best idea. Mm-hmm. And you've got to, you got to know when to just say, let that one go. And what else can come, come from that. So Berkeley main course and Kelly Lentini co-founders of House of Nomad. Thank you so much for being here. This has been so fun. You guys have given so much great (laughs) knowledge and wisdom, and I'm so excited to share it with the Dear Founder community. Oh, we're we're so excited. Thank you so much. How incredible are Kelly and Berkeley? I told you you were going to love them. Their personalities are so magnetic. You just want to give them a hug and be their friends. I truly meant it when I said I am so proud of them. And when you think about what they've built in such a short time, 
how far they've come, how they've extended their brand, and how much revenue they're bringing in. It really is incredible. And I feel honored that they were here today sharing their story with all of us and all of their knowledge and their wisdom and their lessons. So as you know, lots of takeaways from today's conversation, but my top five, I'm going to leave with you right here today. You're going to want to click the link in my show notes, sign up for my newsletter because I will send you all of the takeaways straight to your inbox, as well as a lesson every single week to help you grow your own business. But for now, here are my top five. Number one, start, get going, leverage your successes and grow. Don't discount grassroots opportunities. They drive business. Number two, Cutting the cord on your corporate job can at first be really scary, especially with lack of consistency with your side hustle. But once you hit a high and you get going, you will start seeing more wins, which leads to more confidence. You reach a point where you simply can't do a full-time job and a side hustle together, and that's when you know it's time that you need to make a decision and cut the cord. Number three, if you have a visual product, invest in photography and use it everywhere and anywhere to your advantage. Pitch to the press, share it with influencers, use it in advertisements everywhere. It will definitely come back and help you out. Number four, reinvest back into your business. It will come back to you tenfold. And really number three and four go together. Number five, test your concepts. Have a proof of concept before you make a giant investment in a new revenue stream. Again, thank you to Kelly and Berkeley for being here today. If you like what you're hearing on Dear Founder, please make sure to leave a rating and review. I cannot thank you enough for doing so. And I cannot thank you enough for listening because without you and without our amazing community, we would not be here. We are almost at 100 episodes. I am so excited for what is to come. Please stay tuned for a brand new episode every Tuesday and Thursday. 